If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, podcast where two bitty fun fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Mr. Ben Harrington. Oh. That <laughs> acted like I hadn't used my voice for hours when we've just been chatting for like 30 minutes. But my voice still decided to go, right, you're live, are you? On a podcast. Oh, yeah. hello. I've just downed it for Ibina and my mouth feels like it. it's so it's so sweet uh that my mouth feels like it's like shrinking is it i can't warm warm robina it is yeah 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 warm and sweet <laughs> warm and sweet <laughs> robina describe to everybody on the podcast what you're wearing i feel like we need to discuss it it's kind of like um i mean it to be fair it's like you know you know do you know what vet bed is it's like dog beds you get like these kind of it's yeah, like really yeah. cheap like dog mat stuff it's yeah. like that cereal uh but fashioned into a for human uh, beings inuit hoodie yeah. so it looks like i've i've carved the flesh off of a, a very stylish <laughs> <woody mammoth. laughs> how long is it how long does it go down to your knees um, no it's not it's not it's not that bad i mean um the dressing gown covers the yeah. rest of me <laughs> I've got yeah. dressing out over my legs. Oh, do you, you do? It sounds so cozy. I feel like I'd fall asleep if I was uh, so so uh, wrapped up warm. I'm the it opposite. Feels like um, I'm a mum on a Saturday football game. You, know, <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to get up to cheer. You just want to. <laughs> too cold for that. Yeah. Too cold for that. Exactly. Go on. Go on. <laughs> do it. You little twit. You little twat. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty one then. It is twenty twenty one. Yeah, how, how are you finding the year so far? Uh, well, obviously UK's back in a back in a lockdown, lock it down, which uh, I guess we all kind of anticipated anyway. Mm-hmm. But still, a bit bizarre, isn't it? Now that we think in a couple of months we're going to be coming up to a year since the first one, is this just the way life's going to be now? My prediction 
And oh. you shouldn't shouldn't listen to my prediction because I don't really watch the news. My <laughs> uninformed prediction is that we will be dealing with this until about March 2022. Mark my words. Oh. To be fair, vaccines uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, now you've said that, I, that doesn't make me go what. That makes me kind of feel. How are the doctors going to get the vaccines into people if they're so far away at home? Those needles don't squirt that far. Squirt? <laughs> They'll have to get some sort of like uh, Gatling gun thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then have to go, right, you're allowed out of the house to exercise, so everyone go to your local park and li- <laughs> everyone go to your local park and line up around the outside. Yeah. Someone, obviously social distance, someone who's qualified will have, will have a vaccine Gatling gun in the middle of the park <laughs> and they'll just go and give it a 360 degree nail everyone then everyone leaves the park and then everyone a whole new batch come in that's that's yeah. how it's gonna happen all right i like it <laughs> i like yeah. it so that's, so that's your prediction that's what you're sticking with you can't change it no backsies and i'm just gonna say <laughs> we'll all be done by 2022 march we'll all be done so if anyone in april 2022 goes i think i've got a bit of coronavirus you gotta go no it's done with <laughs> I do. I do know some people in New Zealand currently, and uh, I watched their Instagram story, and they're at, they're at a festival. They're at a music festival, and there's people everywhere, and there's people on the shoulders. I don't and... understand how it works, but it's what if they got rid of it completely? There's no mutated well, strain. It was gone, and I think then maybe it came back very briefly, but it's pretty much gone. Yeah, mm. I mean, obviously, different different country, different strokes, but. You know, seeing that is when you go, hang on a minute. What the bejesus? Yeah. yeah. There we go. Um, okay, so we're going to be running through our sort of favourites and least favourites of 2020. Um, Andy Conrad-Turner was going to join us, but he is predisposed. He's not ill or anything like that. He's fine. He's At the last just... minute, he just went, fuck you guys. And we just went, got to Got to respect that. Got to respect yeah. you, honestly. Uh, but he yeah. has sent his list over, so we can discuss his oh. list as well. Although That's after it. looking at his looking at his list, I'm not going to make any assumptions. But looking at his list in his top five, there are some crossovers of mine, and I'm just wondering if yours are as well. Then, yeah. Well, what we'll do when we're doing the countdown of films, like we'll take it in turns. If if someone doesn't have, if the other person doesn't have that on their list, we'll talk about it. If they do. We'll hold hang fire until that person has got to theirs, and then we'll have a little bit of a okay. chin wag. I think yeah. just that uh, I'll just read out Andy's at the end of that. Okay, um, All right. instead, of, instead of trying to in, include him. Sorry, mate. <laughs> so, do you want to start with the uh, the bonus categories before we go into films? Yeah, that's a good idea. Actually, did you want any horror news today? Just uh... I'll take some if you've got some. I mean, I got a couple of little snippets. I don't know Go if you want then. to do what what we've been watching as well, because I've got a couple of things. But obviously, wow. if you don't want to, there's lots. I, of I, I could go for that. I could go for that. I've got something to talk about. I can go for that. No, can do. Okay, so a few films that have been on my kind of recently um, are getting like finally getting names and they're finally being called. So James Wan's movie. I think we have discussed it before, but it's going to be called Malignant. His new horror movie, which is separate from uh, the old Conjuring verse and stuff, but it's going to be on HBO Max sometime this year. A trailer possibly on its way soon, but it's been just been rated R for strong horror, violence, gruesome images, and language. So, oh, 
Um, so not a family friendly one, which is, you know, kind of nice. Um, I also saw that the, the uh, oh God, what's his name? Director of The Descent. Neil Marshall? Neil Marshall's got a new horror as well, um, which I think I've mentioned before, but I think maybe... I wonder got... how he threatened the, the Hollywood executives to get that one made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you bloody make it. Also, <laughs> I did see that Mike Flanagan was attached to, to, to make an adaptation of Stephen King's revival... But apparently, it's not happening anymore. He done a tweet. He done a tweet two days ago. He said, oh. uh, "The project won't be move, moving forward." Unfortunately, um, really wish I could have done them both. He was talking about something called Midnight Mass as well. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So, so I think both. So revival and Midnight Mass both involve priests. He was like, "Not interested in any priest-based horror at all. Leave, leave, leave me alone." Yeah. Uh, so that's that. And also, this was a few weeks ago. Um, well, I say a few weeks ago, probably a week ago. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the filming is wrapped on the Resident Evil movie reboot, um, and everything I've seen of it so far looks very interesting. Even the final, that's a wrap image from Sony Pictures, which was like a TV, staticky TV, felt a bit a CRT TV, so it felt a bit uh, Re- Resident Evil Seven, and the clapperboard as well. It's got like the classic Resident Evil logo on it, so. So this is the one that's going to be more faithful to the games, right? I think so, yeah. So of all the set images we've seen, I've got like a, there's a mansion, there's um, a raccoon city, there's basically everything just kind of look, you know, all the logos, the stars logos, all the text, everything looks like ripped straight from the game. So obviously they're going. Cool. Let's try and do something a little bit more close, close to it. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, and I've also seen there's a few images from the new Zack Snyder zombie movie. Obviously, he did a remake of Dawn of the Dead in 2003, 2004. Been quite a Red while. Read by James Gunn, I think, right? Read by James Gunn. That's probably one we need to do on this podcast because even though it's a remake, it's a yeah. I watched it fairly recently. But it's, it, yeah, it holds up. All right. It's good. Yeah. So apparently it's a full-blown balls to the wall zombie heist movie, Army of the Dead. Um, it's got loads of people in it. I can see Dave Bautista in this picture. Balls uh, to the wall. Balls to the wall. So you know, who knows? Could be good if it's a similar sort of style to Dawn of the Dead, but it looks like it's in quite an advanced stage of a zombie apocalypse. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the visuals look a bit like Resident Evil Three, the movie. You know, sort of wasteland mercenaries. So yeah, apparently it's getting a live-action prequel and an animated prequel series. What? There's going to be a prequel series to this film that's coming out? Yeah, an animated prequel series and a live-action prequel. Zack Snyder uh, suffers from scope creep, where like his yeah. scope of a project yeah. just keeps on creeping yeah. wider scope and wider. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's going, going crazy with the Snyder Can you see cut. my breath, by the way? Can you see? I can see my own breath. I don't think I don't the Inuit hoodie is, is doing <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel that you can see your own breath? Your it, means, it means it's too cold, surely. If it you means can see your own breath, it means it's too cold. You should confirmation do. that you're alive. There which you go. I always, yeah. I always need. Uh, that's kind of it in terms of horror news. There's a lot of kind of bits and bobs of stuff. There's a lot of countdown lists I've seen on horror news bits. So, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Um, we shall see. 
Have you seen anything good then this past week or however however long it's been? Let's have a look. Did I? I've been watching since like the turn of the year. I've been doing some comfort watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple of yeah. nights, I've, yeah. I've watched Anaconda, 1997's Anaconda, Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Voight, and uh, I've still got a lot of love for this film. You know, it's, it's a good, it's a good yeah. romp. Um, so everyone in the Facebook group was saying, was was giving it compliments, and I cannot remember much about <laughs> it at all. It's like long. it's super cheesy. Um, it kind of under it knows it's cheesy. It kind of mm-hmm. works so well because there is a, a quite an impressive cast of names, um, and there's a genuine threat from the snake as well. Like even though majority of the shots are a very obviously animatronic head, it still looks kind of scary. CGI is a bit shiny and <laughs> wobbly, and there's yeah. a few dodgy bits. But uh, John Voight is a great villain as well. Yeah. Like he's he's doing an accent. I, I think it's supposed to be Spanish. Who knows? Uh, but he's I'm good. He's like it. a yeah. he's a creepy sleazy sleazeball, and you just want to yeah. see him uh, get hurt, basically. And when he does, spoiler alert, sorry, um, it's great. It's great when you see a villain get a comeuppance. But yeah, I've got this film. I've watched a lot in my life. Um, I remember seeing it, it on. Explains a lot. About who you are as a person. Oh, it does. <laughs> it's not. That guy's seen Anaconda. Do you remember <laughs> cable TV growing up, the channel called Front Row, where like it would show previews for the films like all day long, and I think the film started every two hours. And if you paid for it, it would obviously play. But if you didn't pay for it, the like first minute of it would play, and then it would like flicker off. Yeah, that's weird. So I, don't I remember seeing. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Well, I remember I remember seeing the first minute of Anaconda like dozens of times where I'd be like, oh, this looks great. I want to watch this. The trailer looks good. And then I watched the first minute and Danny Trejo is in it in the first minute being stalked by like some unseen creature. Is it a snake? Oh, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. It's a snake, yeah. Did it live, <laughs> up, to the hype? Did it live up to the hype that you were giving it? I think it did at the time. Like <laughs> I thought it was the best thing ever. Like, I thought it was absolutely superb. Um, but now... I'm a bit like, yeah, still good, still watchable. There's a lot of, lot yeah. of good, good characters, and uh, yeah, the action sequences are good as well. Um, and I also watched, so I kind of like, I've been doing a monster movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do for the third installment of this trilogy, potential trilogy. Um, but Eight Legged Freaks I watched last night as well. So obviously this is a bit more of a comedy. This is, um, uh, what's his face in it? Dewey. Your favourite wrestler, Big Bad David Arquette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a confusing thing about it, right? This is a this is a point. That it's not going to be a major talking point, but I'm going to say it anyway. On the poster, David Arquette has got like a little tiny goatee, and he's screaming as a spider <laughs> as a spider like jumps around. And yeah. in the movie, he starts off with a goatee, but he shaves it far in far in advance of the spiders turning up. So never at one point is he look does he oh, look in fear. What kind Is of character? Like a soul patch sort of uh, thing? Or... Maybe a little bit of a soul patch, but quite a, a Ricky Gervais office era little goatee. Okay, yeah. I just had to check my own face to, be, to see if I had a soul patch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, soul I, always patch? Get... I, I do, but... I always get rid of that bit. I don't know what it is. Oh, that's strange. I didn't, didn't even think about it. Um, <laughs> this feels a bit too close to my lips. Well, the, top, the bits above your lips are really close to your lips. I've got to yeah, say. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> I kind of like don't bother me for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Eight Legged Freaks is kind of like the setup's good. Uh, it's it's a comedy, so like it kind of wears its. I think part if you get, so you're saying you don't know what the the, the what the third animal attack film would be for that. Yeah. Well, oh. now someone someone suggested to me on Twitter, and it's not really related, but it did kind of make me think. Oh yeah, I definitely want to watch that. Someone suggested, oh, you should watch Evolution next. Oh, I love Evolution. Yeah. Which isn't you wouldn't say it was a horror at all. It's kind of like just a science fiction comedy, but we've got creatures yeah. and stuff, so that could be a good one. Um, it was either going to be that, or I was going to potentially move on to, and I guess we will discuss this at a future point. Going to move on to Congo because that kind of fits in. With I was the... going to say, surely Lake Placid is the yeah. See, I thought Lake Placid one. feels too similar to Anaconda for me. Okay, so it would get more different. I guess Congo would be the the correct. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's that point? So we got reptiles, <laughs> insects, and then mammals. Yeah, have I got that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> apes are, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then evolution would be like aliens, and I've covered everything there. All very different genres of film, but kind of scratch the same late nineties, early two thousands itch. Yeah, yeah. Did you David, see anything else? Uh, so the only other thing I've seen is um, a movie called Escape Room. Now I see that there's a few Escape Room movies. I watched it as well. It came on Netflix. Did you? I watched it on Netflix as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. So this is, I think, this is the biggest one of the more than that the other Escape Room movies are sort of lower budget mm-hmm. potential horror movies. Okay. Well, there we go. What did you think of this one? So it's kind of like a, a young. Uh, uh, what PG thirteen version of Saw, in the sense that yeah. you've got these characters, they, they end up in little trap rooms, and it starts off pretty good. Um, I would say not amazing, but um, it's quite enjoyable. I like the setups, and I like the sort of um, like the oven room, uh, and I like <laughs> and I like the little puzzles that they've got in there because you're even you are thinking I wonder how they're going to get out of here. Yeah. Then at some point, oh, there's also like a room that's like uh, when they're on drugs, and it starts to like spin yeah. around in the start. That's pretty cool. Feels like they've walked into like a game show from. Yeah. Um, I like I like the upside down room. That was good. Yeah. But then around about three quarters of the way through, it really shits the bed for me. For me. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... I think I think that's how I described it. I said it shits its pants. Come the ending, <laughs> like the ending is just absolutely nonsensical i'm like what are we supposed to be what well it gets it gets like one what yeah shits his bed to shits his pants to like a certain degree and then the ending happens and then it's got like a sort of coda like an ending thing a a, a further yeah. ending and you're like wow yeah. really shit his pants that's yeah time. like completely <laughs> unnecessary wouldn't didn't it didn't even wipe itself up like it just it's kind of like it was setting it up to be a certain thing and i thought it's going to be nice if we get like a real big twist on what the ending is. So yeah, no, no spoilers, but you know, behind in a lot of films like this, there's always like a rich people are behind it or it's a mm-hmm. global corporation and you know, people are betting on something, you know, something like that. That's kind of what I expected, which it kind of gives you, but in like the lamest possible terms where they've literally just seemed to have just got a guy. I mean, who is that guy? And they've gone, you're yeah. the big bad. <laughs> and he's gone, am I? <laughs> and they've gone, yeah, you are. Now yeah. do some villain stuff. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, really... and then it, the whole thing with the plane at the end and 
It felt like um, I, was checked out. I was checked out by that point. I it felt like, like the flavor texts or like the stuff they put they add on to like a, a roller coaster ride, you know, to give the roller coaster yeah. some story. Like yeah. it felt like that level of like you are this person and you're on a mission to, but watch out, the crazy <laughs> stuff's about to happen. <laughs> Can you Oblivion. survive? Yeah. Escape room. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And I, I was just like, I was disappointed. I, I don't know what happened. I mean, maybe the, the writer director guy just. There's a good example of something like this is 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 Haunt. So we both saw Haunt, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, obviously not escape rooms, but you know, someone set something up for some for the pleasure of everybody else to sort of watch and enjoy and these people are being put through the mill mm-hmm. it kind of felt like that but you know it didn't feel too sinister it felt this felt like the, the very corporate version of that yeah yeah um i understand that it was pg-13 but uh i may if if you were like really young then you might enjoy it like yeah. if you were really really young <laughs> <laughs> i mean before like you developed Four and five-year-olds will enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I like some of the set pieces, and I like um, uh, what's the face from the Daredevil TV show. Ah, uh, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, except I can't remember her name immediately. Yeah. Um, the only problem is, is that I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she just kept saying her answer to everything was just piss on it. So there was a big, <laughs> there was a big, a big block of ice at one point with something trapped in the middle. Oh yeah, that's like, a good idea. She was like, "Just piss on it." When they were trying to fill these glasses up on pressure points, she was like, "Just piss on it." Yeah. Her answer to everything was just piss on it, and I was just like, "I'm so glad I'm not stuck in a escape room with you," because I'd be <laughs> like, right, "I'd before. be like, right, just read what?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd just be reading the rules, and suddenly the paper would just get ripped in half by a hot stream of piss <laughs> yeah well that that does work for the first two puzzles she would have she would have knocked it out of the park yeah but after that she would have been out of ideas exactly unless the drugs could be overcome by pissing on it who yeah. knows um well what else did i watch uh i've watched a lot of you know comfort food stuff over christmas pixar's soul um Ooh, yeah That's very nice Nightmare Lovely. before christmas it's classic I watched The Wedding Singer. Um, oh, yes. It, these kind of films, you don't even mean to put on. Like, when you when you think about watching a film when it's not Christmas, you kind of go between different ones. You go, do I want to invest the next, yeah. you know, two hours? But at Christmas, you just whop them on without even thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, Wedding Singer <laughs> Wedding Singer's all right. It's probably one of the better Adam Sandler Wedding films. Singer, and it's got an amazing it song. The, and it all was bullshit. And Adam Sandler's voice, I'm not going to lie, is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a really Billy, good voice. Billy Idol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still got some sort of uh, cheesy moments, but it's fun. It's, what are you going to do? It's probably aged the best, though, isn't it? Out of most of his films, like there's not. It seems like a genuinely sort of well-to-do, well-meaning film. It doesn't feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's old Adam Sandler. You're like, what voice is he doing? What kind of character is he trying to be? But the wedding singer, you're like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. It's the 80s. Um, what's Caroline? Because after watching Nightmare Before Christmas, I wanted to watch another Henry Selick. Is that the director's name? Some more um, of that. Yeah, Caroline's yeah. great. Um, it's actually really cool. Um, I, you can't get many films like that. Um, Ocean's Eight, which is another just randomly whopped it on. I what? did not. That film, again, not horror. We'll get to horror in a sec. But that film had no conflict <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
you know a film like i don't know the ocean films that well but i imagine they're setting up a heist and at, during the heist something goes wrong or there's like a near miss or and then they, and there's like a, a reveal where like no we knew this was gonna happen it's all part of the plan we overcome this sort of moment of tension there's no tension the plan just goes goes to play yeah. and i think what <laughs> it ended uh, i was like I don't understand what the point of that was. Like I've been avoiding that just because of James Corden. He was—he was actually alright. He made me laugh. Then. Did he? Yeah. And then the last film I worked. <laughs> well, well, well. We can't let that go. Let's end this podcast right now. No I'm joking. Go on. What else did you watch? Film, I won't talk about it just yet because it's in my uh, top five of oh, the year. It's in your top five of the year. What a yeah. lovely end to the year you must have had. Yeah. Nice. Should yeah. We, uh, so what? So we've got some. Before we do the top five, we've got some smaller categories of stuff to yeah. to go over. Do you think we should just go from the top of those and work through? I guess before we do the top five. I don't know if my list is the same way around as yours. What have you? Uh, you... Yeah, that's a good point. Why did I assume that? Uh, so yeah. I've got honourable mentions next. But do you think we should do that after the top five? Uh, do that before the top five, but not now. Not now. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the first thing I've got is she was potential TV. Okay. Yeah. Any, yeah. any. Uh, we'll do TV and games first. Maybe so different media other than films, but horror focused that we've enjoyed this year, if anything, because you know they're slim pickings for me. Yeah, well, I found it difficult. I haven't played that many horror games, and I don't really watch that much TV, but I found a couple that I think do fit the bill. Um, TV show. It's not strictly horror, but primal is one of the goriest things. Oh, yeah. Didn't even think of that. It's that. Oh, my God. In fact, the first episode is full on horror. Like, the setup for the rest of the series is horrific. So, it's just it's an amazing TV show. I've, I've managed to get a few people to watch it now, and everyone who's watched it has agreed that it is fantastic. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think enough people have watched it. It's maybe one of my favorite things of all mediums. Uh, from last year like it was just so good so well done yeah it was it was intense i really enjoyed it and uh it stuck with me for a long time after i watched it as well so that shows yeah. what kind of impact it had yeah what about you for tv uh so the one thing i i did enjoy and i was a bit like unsure whether i would e- even be into it just because it can be the kind of thing which is a bit overdone and a bit hit, hit and miss but I really enjoyed Duon Origins, so set in the universe of The Grudge. Yeah. Um, it's a bit messy. It's got a few timelines going on. It it shoots back and forth around um, decades quite often. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. And it's not got, like, many major scares. I mean, it's got plenty of scares, but not, not it's not scare to scare to scare. It's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of very human stories as well. And interesting just about... Um, loads of different characters in Japan and and the various buildings and the way the way these ghosts kind of exist between these people and these and these places. Yeah, yeah. I, I really I really liked it and it took, maybe it took me a couple to get into, but something about it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like the Grudge. It doesn't feel like you know the Ring or anything like that. It feels very much its own its own thing. Cool. But yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. Someone else I knew was singing its praises, so yeah, All right. sounds worth a go. Very nice. Um, games again. 
didn't play many horror games this year, but then when I was thinking about it, there was one game that was quite scary. Um, I, I, so it's Little Nightmares, which oh, is yeah. a bit like, a, it's kind of a similar genre to Inside and Limbo, if anyone's played those games. Um, you play like a, a tiny, uh, like an elf kid person. You, you never really see who this person is, but they've got like a raincoat on, so you never reveal yeah. who they are. Um, have you seen it? Have you played it? Uh, my nephew's played it and I've seen him playing it. So I've seen a couple of little stages cool. of it. And then, so you start off like you're in the bowels of, I won't spoil anything, but you're in the bowels of something like deep down in the dark and you sort of work your way through um, this place. Um, and there's like loads of like, the first few stages, you work your way through um, what looks like a, a ton of luggage, loads of random luggage. And then you find it's like a meat processing place and you realize that they're cooking people. Um, oh. But but everyone else is huge. So it's got this like a Jack yeah. in the Beanstalk kind of vibe, I guess, in the sense that the giants are absolutely massive. So you're kind of running around and hiding under tables and stuff, trying to sneak past these giant, horrendous looking ogreish um, people. And they like they do grab you and sort of show you in their mouth and start chomping on you and that kind of thing. Um, it's got some really scary moments, but there's a couple of set pieces in it. It's got like a bit of a Tim Burton vibe, I will say. Yeah. But but more, but scarier. It's not quite as it's not as uh, twee, not as childish as as Tim Burton. There's a couple of set pieces that I thought was so good. I've gone on YouTube and watched people play them because I wanted uh, to see yeah, yeah. other people's reactions. Yeah, because it's just <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just really well done. Um, just a great game. Like I think it's about three hours long. Um, really cool little horror adventure, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Is there a sequel to that coming out? Because I think I remember reading something about that. Yeah, the trailers have been on TV. Um, that's good. Yeah. I'll get it. I'll definitely play the sequel. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? Uh, Fe- February eleventh, twenty twenty-one. It looks like the sequel's coming to coming out. Day before my birthday. There you go. Oh, look at that. It's like they knew. How special. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've got three games to talk about because I guess the two big survival horror releases this year. Well, I guess you'd say this that. year. Was it 2020? 2020, if, yes. If, if you're going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about. Yeah, I know. So Resident Evil 3, the remake, came out in March. I'll talk about that one first. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of seen like a lot of mixed stuff from people. Um, it's very short. The campaign is like six and a half hours long. There aren't any like additional modes. So like on the original PlayStation game, there was Mercenaries mode and, you know, other things. And with Resident Evil 2 remake, there, there were kind of extra bits and DLC and it was more fleshed out. This kind of feels like for a full priced game, if you're not a massive fan, of you know resident evil it might feel like you might feel a bit shortchanged. i loved it because i played for it more than once on different difficulties um but yeah they've kind of they've done exactly what they did with resident evil 2 with, with resident evil 3 the story at least um and it's great you know to see those games brought to life for like a modern audience and for uh, for this generation of console uh i still kind of hope that they'd release some dlc but maybe not now that ps5's out maybe they'll say we're done with this and we're moving yeah. on to obviously resident evil village which comes out this year uh 
but yeah, it's a really good. In a way, it feels classic because you know, obviously, the Resident Evil games of old, the campaigns, the stories. Sorry, were only a few hours long, three, four hours. If you explore every crevice, you can get a few more hours out of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, having uh, Nemesis after you with a rocket launcher and uh, smashing through walls when you think you're walking through a nice little quiet corridor, uh, and various stages of him transforming, and p- particularly the hospital sequence in the final third of the game is like horrific. Like you really start to run out of ammo um, and you've got to get past certain creatures where you're like, I'm not going to kill that thing. It's going to have me head off in one swipe. Um, So like I really felt uh, my back against the wall in terms of, and there's another sequence as well where you're kind of in a space and loads of constant waves of enemies come in. And that was intense, you know, really, really intense. So it felt like a classic. It felt like a classic Resident Evil experience, and if you could pick it up pretty cheap, you know, maybe not now, but in a few months, yeah, I definitely, re- I definitely recommend it. Um, probably Resident Evil Two is much better, just because you get a lot more and the, and it's a lot longer game. Uh, but still, this was like a nicer. If anything, this feels like a little bit of an add-on, even though it was yeah. a full price game. It felt like if this was an add-on for maybe half the price, mm-hmm. it would have been like everyone would have been going crazy over it. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I haven't played that yet. I really, I really like Resi 2. So yeah, mm. um, and I guess the other big one, which has obviously been winning Game of the Year and a lot of things, is The Last of Us Part Two, which I think came out in is it like May or June? Yeah, no spoilers because I've still not played it. No spoilers. I won't spoil it. Obviously, it's pretty controversial in terms of some ways that the story went. Some people were disappointed. Some people were angry. You know, but I think it's just as good, if not better, than the first one, just because it's so much bigger. Like the scale of it is so much more than the first game as well, and the first game's like nearly perfect, I'd say. Um, but yeah, this is like the game that keeps on giving. There are so many great areas where stealth is really important, and other times where it's like full, full out crazy violence. But yeah, it's um, I suppose that's what good stories do: is they kind of frustrate you and. Yeah, challenge yeah. you and then reward you later on down the line but uh some really like iconic moments as well like some places you explore and some characters and things you go through uh i mean it it was super super intense like i couldn't stop playing it for a few minutes time i got it i probably finished it i didn't smash out in like one go or two sittings it took me a couple of weeks but still it felt like i was fully invested for the whole time and i've i've recommended it to a few people and they've been playing it as well and they keep texting me when they're at certain bits and they're like oh this bit's amazing i'm like well you haven't seen nothing yet <laughs> i've made a bit of a list of games i want to play this year um uh i've not put last of two on there but I, I should do because it's pretty high on my list i'll go ahead if you, go on, go on. if you enjoyed sorry if you enjoyed the first one which i think mm. you played did you yeah, you yeah the first one it's yeah, like yeah. more of the same but different if that makes sense yeah um so i've got here prey which apparently is quite like bioshock which i really yeah. like days gone which is a zombie game but i know some people didn't like it but yeah i've heard that it gets really good after yeah, the I first bought, so I, 10 hours bought, or so. I bought that like about a week ago um because it was on sale for like 15 quid so i'll just pick that up i haven't played it yet but i'm looking forward to it dive into that um and spider-man which i've not played still which i know is oh, yeah. apparently great 
Um, yeah. And then uh, Hades, which is did it? Did Hades win Game of the Year for something? I think it did. I think a few places gave it Game of the Year. I'm not sure who, but I've seen a lot yeah. of love for it. I don't really know that much about it, to be fair, but maybe I should look into it a bit more. Yeah. Um, yes. So you've got those to look forward to, and then whatever new stuff comes out as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Resident Evil Village is a big one for me this year. Is that God PS5? of War. They, they PS5 I think games. it will be PS5, but you know, if anything's going to convince me to buy a PS5, it would be a Resident Evil game, or there's God of War, the New Horizon as well. Um, the only the only other game I was going to mention on this list is something I'm currently playing, um, and it is horror. You know, <laughs> it is horror. It's like ridiculous, but uh, so Doom Eternal, I've been playing, and it's like it's like pretty much the same as Doom 2016, but say if that the gore and the violence and the over the top ridiculous nature of everything was a 7.2 out of 10, mm-hmm. this is a definite 10 <laughs> it's like neon multicolored like in comparison to if, if doom was black and white this is like the neon multicolored um yeah. version of that uh some of the demon designs are like unreal it kind of gives me the same sort of feeling as i guess primal did where you're just like how much more can this give me how, yeah, and where yeah. can it where can it go next and you're always like oh my god this is absolutely ridiculous and insane and it's like it's probably the best first person shooter i've played i've been playing on hard as well because i thought i'm just going to start on hard and hopefully i'll adapt and see how i get to it and it's so challenging like i die a lot but i'm constantly constantly making progress there's bits where i go there's no way i'm going to get past this bit and then Mm. i'll go to bed and then the next day i'll turn it on and i'll do it first time so it's kind of like that sort of thing there's kind of like yeah all those little rewards and that but yeah it is absolutely insane and i've always feel like i've tuned into it it's almost like a it's like a playing that game now has become like an extra sense where i'm just like just flying through just my eyes are closed <laughs> and i'm just like yeah, yeah do that do this here because there's so many things initially i was like there's so many different things you can do like obviously there's guns chainsaws fists different abilities that we got i was like i'm never going to remember this and now i'm just switching through them all like yeah. Yeah. Do that. Do this one. Yeah. Him over there. Blow his head off. Yep. Yeah, chainsaw that guy. Yeah. Punch that guy. Yeah. Kick him in the, in the nuts. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable, really. Like I I held off getting that when it was released. And I thought mm, I'll wait till it's a bit cheaper. So I got it for Christmas. And uh, yeah, Christmas Day playing that game. I think it's going to be a memory that sticks with me for a long time. Does anyone mind if I stick this on? No. <laughs> ah, oh my god. Vaccine Gatling gun out again. <laughs> yeah, but some yeah. of the <laughs> the vaccine gatling but the the demons like the designs of the demons are like grotesque like some of them are just like what the fuck like you'll walk into a room it'll zoom in on what your next enemy is and you're like what the fuck is that did you ever play bloodborne a little bit um i never had it but someone yeah. i know had it because some of the, the buttons are like that in uh, are kind of like i don't even know what i'm looking at at the minute yeah so kind of love crafty and i guess yeah, it's like it's like that. They've used a lot of the original sprites from like Doom Two, so they've made them look like yeah, exactly the same as Doom Two. So if you played that, it's kind of like oh my god, there's that guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, the leveling up system is like is unlike anything. It's a, obviously it's a completely different gaming experience. It's just like heavy metal, um, relentless gore. I've listened to the soundtrack a fair bit. 
Yeah. Because I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, yeah. Good. Same thing. Like just adds. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there are quiet moments between the like major battles as well, where you're like traversing stuff and exploring, and it's just, it's just really satisfying. And it's not very often that I play a game on hard, but I just thought I'm gonna. Maybe this is the next transition I need to make into gaming now because I need to just get used to dying all the time. What <laughs> so, you mean? Uh, you're going to play other games on hard mode now. You're going to. I think so. Yeah, games. I think so. I know, we'll see how it um, goes. We'll see. I could go back on that. Uh, Duncan, my friend, plays everything on hard mode, and he he platinums everything as well. And he wow. says he plays them to the point where he hates them. Like he doesn't know why he does it, but like he yeah. by the by the time he's trying to get the last bits of trophies or whatever. Um, he can detest the game, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't hate. I don't hate it yet, but uh, it's great. You know, if it's it's a good game to just really like. You don't have to think too much, I guess. Obviously, you do, but you're you're not. There's not major puzzles or interesting choices to make. Uh, <laughs> it is just like a get from A to B and kill everything in your way. Yeah, cool, man. Um, so, should we do? New discovery, new film discovery first, or yeah. next season? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. I find this one quite hard because I tend to watch more. I find myself watching more older stuff than I do new stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoy finding like new discoveries. Um, I feel like working through like lists of best films ever, and like you think I've never even heard of it before. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, and you watch it, and um, yeah. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You can go first, man. Well, I was going to pick The Boxer's Omen, which I've talked about before, which is the, like a yeah. Chinese black magic film. But I'm not going to go with that. It is a great film. It's, it's a bizarre film. I'm going to go with Cemetery Man, which was the okay. um, film with Rupert Everett playing a guy who works in a cemetery and all the dead are coming back to life for some reason and he has to keep <laughs> killing them. And he has sex with one of them. And... It's it's really insane, but it's got a lot of like, the the kind of the vibes of horror movies I really love, like Dead Alive and Evil Dead. It's got a lot of those kind of uh, humor mm. moments to it. So, and I've never se- I've never seen a film that has a tone like this. Like it's the most unique tone okay. <laughs> in a film I've m- maybe I don't know maybe not ever seen. I've seen some weird shit, but this is up there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've still not got around to seeing that, but uh, I need to add it to a list somewhere so I remember it because I pretty much did forget until you mentioned it again. Yeah, it's really good. I definitely recommend you to watch it. Um, it's got a really cool ending moment as well. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but it's got a wacky, wacky ending. Yeah. Uh, so well, on my on that list. So what are we calling this? Sorry. Honorable, no, 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 no. Uh, new discoveries. New discoveries, yeah. So for me, it's the films of, um, so more than one film, but the films of Frank Henenlotter, because I'd never, I'd never yeah. seen them before. Um, particularly Frankenhooker, which I think of all of his major releases probably doesn't get talked about half as much as Basket Case and Brain Damage. Um, I just, I really, really loved it. It was like 85 minutes of just, the best sort of stuff so ridiculous and stupid um but like so many great visuals that the exploding hookers smoke super crack sequence 
I know, I've, I know, I know. I've mentioned on this podcast already before, uh, but I can't remember the last time I watched a scene and I rewound it and watched it again, and then rewound it and watched yeah. it again. So three times I watched it because I was like, "What? I've got to see that again." Um, it might be one of the greatest scenes ever, just <laughs> just because <laughs> every like second of it, you're just like, "What? What on earth? What the hell just happened?" Um, yeah. But yeah, so, something about the tone of this film i just really i just really enjoyed um and again another one where i was surprised that i hadn't seen it before but i love i think basket case for me i can't remember what what i said on the podcast what i rated it i mean i liked it to a degree but i think brain damage and frankenhooker kind of took it further yeah. and then i need to see basket case two and three probably this year to really well i've seen never, seen, uh, never seen never seen i prefer i prefer brain damage I, as a part of it, I've seen some people on uh, Instagram, younger people, like 20-year-olds, talking about how um, one particular person who says that uh, Basket Case is their favourite film of all time. And I'm thinking, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, I think it? Just, is it really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. Who am I to say it's not? I mean, But I just uh, don't believe them. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it. And I had yeah. a lot of fun when we chatting about it with alice that was fun it was a fun episode um but yeah probably a film i'd never need to see again again i'm all i'm up for watching the sequels definitely uh yeah. but never need to watch it again whereas with brain damage like that was a weird one but a weird one that i definitely want to see again and frankenhooker just something about it just sort of cemented yeah. it as probably one of my favorite 80s comedy well probably one of my favorite comedy horrors but definitely one of my favorite 80s yeah. horrors just because i think it doesn't get talked about all that much so okay i'm gonna check it out then i've not seen it so yeah man check it out it's, it's, it's a good time cool and, and the effects are amazing like Top notch. definitely don't watch anything in slow motion but <laughs> <laughs> because you would see all the, everything that went into the effects i think uh, but, okay yeah. All the quick cuts of like exploding body parts and stuff just looks, it's just so, so good. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So I think we're going to gonna get to our 2020 movies. Um, did you have any honorable, honorable mentions you want to get out of the way? Uh, got a few honorable mentions. I won't talk about them in great detail because mm -hmm. a couple of them we've already spoken about on podcast episodes. Uh, but one film that I probably haven't, I didn't put anywhere near my top list of favorite films until I kind of looked back and I went, oh yeah, I completely forgot to add that. Uh, and that was Underwater, which I definitely need to see again. Mm -hmm. But we do, uh, we do an episode on it. <laughs> um, I think so. I think we did. Because that was back yeah. when obviously the, the cinemas were still open. So. Uh, mm. Yeah, we did episode episode one hundred and twenty six. We chatted about. Uh, so I can't again. I can't remember what the rating I gave it then was, but almost looking back at it in hindsight, I do think it was a really good, a really good sort of film. Big budget horror, like well, it seemed like a big budget horror. It seemed to swing for the fences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it's got. I mean, it pays homage to a lot of different movies, um, Aliens, The Abyss. Uh, what else? I really like Pacific the, uh, Rim. I really like the costumes. The, the cost, like the deep sea diving costumes. It looks like um, 
kind of manga-ish, like Japanese-inspired. Yeah, I think, that's than... why I think that's why I said Pacific Rim. It felt like the yeah. big, over-the-top, um, chunky metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. And then the only other ones I've got on my honorable mentions list are, I think, Gretel and Hansel was pretty good. Uh, so from the trailers, I kind of thought, yeah, it looks pretty good, but I can imagine it being a disappointment, you know, because it's a updated version of a classic tale. But it was really gothic and dark and creepy. And I don't know if it's an A24 horror. I don't think it is, is it? Not Grand and Hansel. But it sort of feels like it captures that sort of vibe. Yeah. Uh, the, sort, the sort of dark gothicness of something like The Witch. But I don't know. It just, it was genuinely quite creepy, I felt. Well, a lot of the when, when did The Lighthouse come out? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. I think that was pretty much this year. Uh, I think the official release was twenty nineteen, but I think majority of places got to see it in twenty twenty. I believe. Still not seen it, and I have a feeling I'll really like it, but uh, I'll get to it. Um, yeah, any other honorable mentions you want to say? Um, and then the other, the other few. So Relic was one of them. Did we do an episode mm-hmm. on that? No. Nope. Um, Host is the other one. Obviously, a massive culture impact uh, this year. Obviously, the best year for it to have come out. Obviously, it wouldn't have come out if it wasn't for this year. But I think it really captured um, a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also put the rental. Which I'm not sure if you've seen. James, not James Franco. Dave, Dave Franco. Dave, Dave Franco, Alison Brie, uh, what's his name? Some other guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like. Is Alison uh, Brie in it? Dave, and Dave Alison Brie's in it, in yeah. It. They're both in I it. I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed by it. It's kind of hard to describe what it is without really spoiling anything. But what starts off as a, as a sort of thriller goes in another another direction but yeah I, I don't think i saw that many people were that impressed by it but i did really enjoy it so that gets an honorable mention okay um honorable mentions for me um i've got two that i'm going to put here i really love them but that i don't know if i could really call them full-on horror 
spontaneous and scare me. Uh, right. Scare me is the one where they're kind of telling each other scary stories. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really funny. If you're a horror movie fan, it's kind of made, made for you. But I don't know if it's technically a horror film. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, really, it's a really good film. Uh, spontaneous is more of a, a cross-genre um, teen coming-of-age film, but it has like some horror elements with the exploding teenagers. Um, that film moved me more than any well, film I've well. seen this year. Yeah, more than Soul. Like it had that kind of that emotional kind of resonance. That I mean, most coming-of-age films have that, but this film really, really hit home. Um, my other honorable mention. I'm only putting it here because it really should be in my top five. But I don't know why. I think I need to see it again. I think it's been too long, maybe. Uh, the Invisible Man. Like, yep. it's a fantastic film. And I remember really loving it. But I can't quite remember it. So I can't, <laughs> can't quite put it in my top five if, if I don't quite remember it. I yeah. definitely would like to see it again. And yeah. I, do remember it. I do remember it quite well. But I would like to see it again, yeah. Because, I mean, it was, what was it February, possibly, that that yeah. came out? Because I saw yeah. that in the cinema. Um, yeah. Anything okay. else? No, no. Can I do my number five before you? Because I think oh, you'll have something to say about it. Of course you can, man. Uh, is that everything? Have we covered everything? I've got like yeah. an anticipated for 2021 list. I guess we'll, okay. we'll I, mention uh... that. Uh, so, oh, sorry, sorry. Before that, I'm just going to discuss something Andy said. So, in terms of his new discoveries, he said, "Better watch out." Joins his Christmas rotation. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that yet. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Watched it last oh, year. Have you seen it? Um, oh, okay. A really good, kind of fun Christmas horror. It's basically Home Alone, but the inverse of Home Alone. But that's quite <laughs> okay. sad. But it is it, that. But it's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay i need to see that probably not to next christmas though um because i just can't do that to myself he did say uh it was a year of rediscoveries remembering how good films like sleepy hollow and the mist really are enjoyed yeah, both of my both of my watches like that of those this year um he did mention uh resident evil nemesis remake and then he also mentioned uh haunting the blind manor which pivots from scares to gothic romance story which he had more time for than a lot of other folks I liked it. I think you didn't like it that much, right? No, I didn't like it. I was, I was quite annoyed at it. But <laughs> you know, if you and Andy enjoyed it, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for you both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, did you want to quickly talk about? You've got another category here that I didn't put anything for. Uh, disappointments. I couldn't think oh, of anything yeah. putting disappointments. Well. First disappointment I want to discuss is obviously like delayed movies. So Candyman getting delayed, you know, God knows how many times. Um, but now we've got a 2021 release, apparently. Um, actually, I do have a disappointment, actually. Go on. You do? <laughs> yeah, it just reminded me. Yeah, yeah. Is it me? No. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I'm not going to, I don't want to make this, this section too negative. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to dwell on these, but The Grudge which came out in January, I believe, the American the re American remake oh, yeah. of a remake. No, that was a shit show. That was real <laughs> bad. Um, didn't like that. Uh, Peninsula, the Train to Busan um, sequel. 
super disappointing. Um, didn't have the same sort of vibe at all. There were some sequences which were like Fast and the Furious versus Zombies. Didn't like that. Uh, Books of Blood, which I know. That was, did... That's what I was going to say. Books yeah. of Blood. I mean, you know, a big Clive Barker person, and they yeah. just didn't sell me on it at all, I'm no. afraid. That was, not, that was not a good time. Not a good time at all. Uh, I've just noticed one thing I've no, I've lift, lift, oh God, left off my new discoveries, and that was Possum. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. No, I've not seen it, no. That, that, the visuals from that have kind of stuck with me for a long time, and I keep kind of... I think some of the shots are going to be some of the most horrific sort of horror movie shots. They're definitely up there with some of them. Um, but, yeah, I recommend that. I think... Actually, I don't know if that's on Netflix. That's a, It's a very weird one, but definitely worth a watch psychological horror wise uh yeah so that's all that's everything covered i believe okay top five horror movies of our top five 20 uh, our top five horror movies of 2020 my number five is a tie um never seen you, that you've already, you've already mentioned them and i couldn't it's about the same kind of uh rating in my mind uh is relic and underwater uh, oh, a tie. Okay, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Relic, I watched uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I really liked it. I really like the whole um, uh, liminal spaces vibe. Um, mm. When they tie that into this idea that someone, you know, gets confused, gets confused in their own home, um, suffering from Alzheimer's. I thought it was, I thought it was quite cool. I kind of thought I knew what they were doing. And then there's that one point where she sort of finds that this cupboard doesn't end and it kind of leads into this other part of the house. And then it kind of, yeah, I, I think this that's maybe the best example of that kind of thing I've seen. Uh, and the rooms are getting smaller, the, the, the corridors are getting weird. And then they're getting like uh, followed by the creepy mother character. Really yeah. cool. Really cool. I really liked it. I think my only problem with it, and it, I mean, the problem is entirely mine is that by the end, I don't know if I quite understood what had happened. Maybe that was the point. But I think I was definitely a bit lost, and I had to go away and do a little bit of research into thinking what it apparently was about. But it was definitely thought, one of those films I where I was like, yeah. okay, there we go. I don't feel so bad about that then. Um, well, they kind yeah. of they, they peel away the, the wallpaper of the woman. Yeah. <laughs> Piddle it away, <laughs> and then they leave like a little... Uh, like a, I don't know what it is. It's like a weird goblin creature thing that's their mum. It's weird looking. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that's what I like. I like that it was like. Yeah. You know what? I, I like mentioned. Um, uh, you know what? You, you might have it on your list, so don't worry. Okay. Um, but I liked a lot of the visuals from it. I think all the performances were good in Relic as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. And then I've tied it with Underwater. We've already talked about it, but you don't see many horror movies that are big budget, crazy sci-fi, stuff like that. So you've got to give it props. I think I need to because watch it again. Because it's so expensive. You've got to give it props. <laughs> it was bloody expensive, mate. <laughs> you should see. Uh, Kristen Stewart's hair alone costs a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was an expensive looking haircut. Okay. So so how are we doing this? So if... If I've got number your number five, I'll tell you. Just, just say what it is. Okay. So no, my number five is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I've not seen it. Which so. we did... Oh, you've not seen it? No, um, no. We didn't discuss on a podcast. Um, but yeah, it was a 
um, from seeing the trailer, I thought it was going to be like a, you know, standard little quirky zombie movie directed by Jim Cummins. Obviously, you made Thunder Road and starring Jim Cummins as I think the same character as Thunder Road. I'm pretty sure <laughs> now I've said that out loud, it feels like it might be wrong. But someone, else, can... someone else said it was the same character. So Jim Arnold. Wait, I'm just double checking. John Marshall. So it's not the same character in terms of name, but it's definitely the same character in terms of <laughs> the, the performance. And mm. it's like a really weird comedic performance, but one that you're kind of like just chuckling along to constantly. It's like really awkward and just strange. And yeah, again, no spoilers with this, but it's not a traditional. It's like a mystery movie, I guess. But it felt like a really nice, like small town um i guess small budget uh werewolf movie and sort of like a traditional one in a sense especially in terms of it definitely looked like there were a lot of practical effects um but yeah very a very nice movie i liked it yeah i want to watch it um i also want to watch thunder road so i'll probably double bill them yeah he seems great though jim cummins i saw him post a video the other day talking about letterboxd so he seems like a a, like f- major film fan, film nerd. Yeah, I've actually listened to a lot of interviews of him about like filmmaking and stuff. He's uh, quite, you know, the proponent of just kind of DIY, yeah, filmmaking. So mm. yeah, it's good to listen to. Um, my number four is Host, directed by Rob Savage, written by Rob Savage, Jed Shepard, and Gemma Hurley. Um, what can you say about this film that? I mean, if you've not seen this film, it's a film that basically is 2020 in a horror movie. Like, yeah. it completely, like, summarises the year. Um, yeah. Again, made on a very small budget in lockdown over, over Zoom. Um, really effective. It kind of does everything that you kind of want in a in a movie like this like i, I kind of feel like they kept it simple to the point where they were just going to deliver the scares and if they ever complicated it people would have got more pissed off by the medium by the format yeah. a bit more um yeah yeah it's really good i um i very much enjoyed it and i'm quite i'm very much looking forward to seeing what rob does next obviously the fact it was under an hour long as well is quite a unique yeah. thing um how do you think that's going to affect features going forward i think stuff is going straight to streaming i don't think it's going to care less and less about length um yeah i so the important i think filmmakers have a habit of going over for uh film length but i think this film's supposed to be shorter mm. in the pitch and then he went over things so, i'm not okay. too sure um so a lot of streaming films do tend to be like a bit longer and a bit flabby where it's like you're going for like a theatrical screen and you might be a bit more uh, sharp with the cutting. I'm not, I'm not too yeah. sure. But yeah, it's cool. It's a good film. Yeah, you know, it does, does, does a lot right. Uh, so my next one is number four. So I've gone for His House. So this is one I just was going to add to my honorable mentions. It's not in my list, but... It, I'm glad it's on someone's list. It's a great song. <laughs> I'm glad it's on. I think it's on Andy's list as well. Uh, so just 
double checking where he's put. So he's put hostess is number four. Mm-hmm. The wolf okay. of snow, the wolf of snow hollow is his number two. Yeah. So he was really into that. Um, his house isn't on his list, sorry, I've got that wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's a very it's a film that kind of is a psychological horror, represents trauma and fear of being forced to like leave a war torn country. Um, a very good human story with a supernatural twist. Um, it's just really effective. Just sort of had me sort of wondering where it was going to be going uh, with each of each moment and it did remind me of possum in a way which obviously i've mentioned as my favorite new discovery where it was a very dark very human story but something that had like this looming specter over the top of it throughout proceedings and you kept on wanting to see more of that that threat and you kind of wanted to unpick what that threat was going to be so it kept and when there when there is a a reveal of sorts i wouldn't say what kind of reveal um in case anyone listening hasn't seen it. I say that, but we've been spoiling everything. <laughs> but when there is a reveal of yeah. sorts, I think it's really satisfying, and it is really like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's just some amazing visuals. I love they use it as the poster, I think, where he's like on the table, and then he's suddenly out yeah. in the middle of the sea. Um, That's great. There's yeah. like demons exactly. crawling out of the sea. Really good. And, you know, the, the, way the, the way that their story is revealed to us, is really good as well because obviously you feel a certain way about these characters to start with and as more and more is revealed you're kind of made to feel a little bit conflicted in how you're supposed to feel about these characters and that just adds to everything. yeah yeah there's quite a horrendous reveal with the main character yeah um yeah exactly um my number three i don't know if this is on your list or not the platform Okay, that's uh, it. that was 2020, right? No, no, I say it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2020, straight to Netflix. That, yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think it was Netflix in 2020. Platform is if you like a if you like your films like Cube, or if you like yes. uh, anything that's got that kind of. Um, it's a big old metaphor, and it's a kind of a yes. social experiment sort of thing. And let's just see what these characters do in the situation. Um, I've seen it twice now, and it's oh. um, really good. It has all the horror moments. It's got all the philosophy moments. Um, it's just one of those films that I can imagine just sticking on every now and again, late at night. Don't know what to do. A bit of a comfort horror movie. That oh really? <laughs> yeah, in the same it's way, Cubits. Like, does it um, make you hungry? Um, no, but. His his food of choice is the escargot, and I, I, just, I don't know if I could oh, yeah. ever eat snails. I yeah. just don't know. I mean, they look kind of like buttery, buttery things, but I don't know. <laughs> I'd have a lasagna yeah. if I was going into that situation. Uh, lasagna and a I mean, samurai. That fill you up as well, isn't it? Yeah. Some someone to get on platform above, under platforms above. Someone to get someone to have that though. They see lasagna, and they'd be like, "That's all for me." Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's proper. It's a gnarly film, and that. I guess it's like a class commentary type thing. And it's yeah. one of those films where when you're watching it, you know, it, it invokes, uh, sorry, it strikes up conversations, doesn't it? So whoever you're watching it with, you're like, well, what would you do? What would you do? How would you get out of there? What could he do? Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah. And it is pretty brutal. You know, there are and some moments. And it's uh, really well made as well. Like, um, also, a guy gets shit on his face. Like, he's climbing up with yeah. rope and someone shits on his face. 
<laughs> so someone pulls down their pants and shits at him. Like you see it in real time. You see it in real time. I mean, could you do that if if you were, if it was you're called upon to suddenly do it? What, what, what do you mean? Like if uh, I feel like I get no. stage fright. Even if like you were comfortable with that situation yeah. and you were like completely confident, I don't think you could just unless I mean, it unless it was one of those where you know sometimes where you're like I need to go and it's and all it needs is the very slightest push and you just <laughs> pull the cheeks apart so it doesn't catch the sides, slips <laughs> right out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed by that moment, if anything. Well, I clapped. I stood up and I went, what a man. <laughs> also, how do you aim? I mean, like, normally you have, like, a seat to kind of guide, like, a seat guidance system. That's not there in this situation. Yeah, what? He's right on the edge of that platform as well. He could have easily slipped backwards, yeah. fallen to his death with his kex around his ankles. The guy could have just grabbed his kex, yeah. pulled it down. When you pull down someone's trousers, I've been having this debate with, I've mentioned her once already, but my girlfriend, Charlie, when <laughs> when yeah. someone gets their trousers pulled down, she calls it kegged. We call K-E. it kegged as well. You call in, it kegged in, as well? In the Midlands, yeah, kegged. What do you call it, kegged? The Midlands. She's from, like, Southwest. I call it kegged. Yeah, it's probably all from the same origin. Yeah. I'm not saying something's wrong or right, you know. I know. Did you get, different... have you get kegged at school? Kegged. Down. Uh, I, I don't think so. Not I at did. school. PE, detail, mate. Kegged me good. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you had your pants on. As long as you had your All came on. down. All, All came, came down, down. In, the of, in the middle of a football field. Winkle out as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I probably was kegged, but what I've done is I've just repressed it. I've just gone, <laughs> no, I'm the one who done the kegging. No. Yeah. Didn't do that over. Um... That was my number three. What was uh, what was Andy's number three? Andy's number three was Possessor. Okay, well, we won't talk about that yet. I'm pretty sure that'll come back up. <laughs> so, I put my number three. Am I mm-hmm. doing my number three? No, what's yours? So, my number three is uh, Freaky. So, I've decided to put Freaky because yeah. I liked it so much more than I thought I would. Um, it was just yep. a really fun, fun film like and even though it was like a combination of genres and you know it was obviously initially pitched as freaky friday the 13th so it was kind of like taking on both of those i just loved it and i think vince vaughn's performance was great um the lead actress who i think has just been cast in the new ant-man film as well um so what's her name uh catherine newton so she, she i think she was great um i'll never forget I'll never forget loads of stuff from this film, like uh, Vince Vaughn's uh, funny run. Uh, <laughs> wine bottle uh, in the neck. Wine bottle in the neck. That was good. Um, but yeah, it was one of those films. Like We've already discussed Escape Room, which is like a PG-13 wannabe soul-light movie, whereas this just goes, right, we could be that kind of film. And in terms yeah. of like Happy Death, Happy Death Day, where that was like not really gory, I don't think you saw much blood at all, and uh, people kind of got killed off screen i think that happened i can't remember this was like it just didn't give a crap this was so gory and so the kills were like amazing and in terms of a concept i just had a lot a lot of fun with it this was in my top five until i started to think about earlier in the year and that that's then underwater and uh the platform ended up on the list maybe maybe 
maybe because we watched it not so long ago is still sort of fresh in my mind is the reason it made the top five. It would be um, in my top ten, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I was I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I kind of it's definitely going to be one of those films you kind of watch. It's definitely a film to watch with people as well. So obviously, yeah. once once lockdown's over, I'll say it's, I'm not going to the pub. I'm not going to the cinema. I'm going get over my gaff to watch Freaky, and then people can tell me it's naff. Yeah. Um. Okay, so what are we on now? What number? Uh, on your number two. Two, we? two. Okay. Speaking of number twos. Um, <laughs> I uh, I went with Possessor as my number two of 2020. Possessor, directed by Brandon. It is Brandon, isn't it? Brandon Cronenberg. Uh, son of David Cronenberg. Is this on your list? This is my number one. Okay, so let's wait till we do our number one to talk okay. about it properly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your number uh, two? My number two is The Invisible Man, which obviously you've already mentioned. Definitely a film I'd like to watch again, but one that had a big impact on me. As I was saying, I saw it in the cinema and I watched it in a very small cinema with like maybe 12 seats. Um, it was like in Kingsbridge. <laughs> and there's a moment in this film where like, I was obviously so tense that somebody who worked in the cinema came in to like, obviously, I don't know, do you know, they pop their head in sometimes like that, don't they? And I was so tense in a particular scene and he, he'd obviously quietly come into the thing and it, I honestly shit my pants. Not literally. <laughs> but I went, shit! This yeah. guy! And he was looking at me like, what's wrong with you? But um, It's the most tense it's, in terms of like suspense. It's the best. The best made suspense film yeah. in a long time, I think. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss, I'm a bit hit. I'm a bit hot and cold with her. Sometimes I think she is absolutely great, and other times I think, God, she might be a little bit awful. So, for example, <laughs> I saw there's a movie called Her Smell where she plays like a sort of drug drug addicted, self destructive punk rocker, and maybe it's just because she's such a good actress. But coming out of that film, I was like, I hate her just because yeah. of her character, mainly because uh, of her okay, character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this, she's absolutely great, and she's like a great leading lady. And you know, when you're really rooting for someone when they're fighting back, and I just love the modern take on a lot of the stuff. I would might maybe like to have seen some more of the science stuff because it was kind of like this bloke's got a suit, makes him invisible. He was uh, the guy from um, Haunting of he Hill was House. the guy, Low Manor, yeah, 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 and from Hill House, yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, it's so tense. Um, shocking. There were moments in this where I was like, "Holy shit, did that just happen?" I just I can't remember believe it. one of the death scenes that yeah. kind of comes out anyway. One of the yeah. death scenes is like absolutely Some, nuts. Someone else gets smacked on the head out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, just, just it is a great, a really great film, and it's a uh, Lee Wano, isn't it? Big Lee <laughs> Lee Wano, uh, yeah. who's obviously hitting out of the park with stuff like Upgrade, and he's making Escape from New York, and he's making Wolfman, so. Really excited to see what we get from him because he is really, really, really impressed by this. Yeah, I think um, in terms of like the way he built the suspension in that film and like used the negative space on on the on the uh, on the scene, it's it's is masterful. It really and there is. were some fight sequences as well, which were like just amazing. Like you kind yeah. of imagine imagine a woman fighting an invisible man. Okay, I can kind of understand what I would see. It just kept shocking you and you know there are certain moments you're like right now he's gonna get it the invisible man you wait and then he'd still end up like coming up coming out on top 
Yeah. Uh, maybe the only thing is the ending was a bit for me. The ending was like, okay, I can kind of a bit predictable. Maybe okay, I can kind of see what's going to happen now. Yeah, well, I know what you mean. I wasn't that still, keen. Still, a, still effective though, I think. Yeah, I, I want to watch it again. Again, that would be in my top ten for sure. Um, I mean, it'd, it'd probably be higher up. I think it, it, more. I've not gone for my top ten. Isn't like a quality thing. It's more like a, a preference uh, mm. in terms of the kind of movies that I, I would want to watch again and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the films I vibe with the most. Um, my number one might might piss you off because it's. It's a uh, it's a UK 2020 film. It's not uh, I think it came out in the US last year, but okay. I only saw it this year, so it's a 2020 film to me. And it's a film that I uh, vibe with so much. I just love everything about it. Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space, starring yeah. Nicolas Cage. It's Dude. just so it's so batshit. It's really nasty at times in the best way. It's kind of shockingly nasty. Have you seen it? We did a bloody episode on this. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what I rated it. Uh, but We've done a lot. We've done a lot. Uh, yeah, man. This episode, just, this before, film... just before the oh, episode, just before recording today, that was the one where I went, oh, shit, that was 2020. But because it's, like, labelled as in 2019 on IMDb and Letterboxd, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it got a little bit lost in the mix. But definitely one that I probably would say is at least an honourable mention for me. It's the kind of film that, like, it's got, it's got such character to it. Like, if you watch this as a 13-year-old, it's the kind of film you would still think back to and go, fucking hell. That was a <laughs> that? <laughs> like, Nicholas yeah. Cage's accent is insane. Like, some yeah. of the acting is bizarre. Um, but it's a body horror. Chong. It's got some dodgy uh, CGI, not too much. Um, yeah. But it's got, spoiler alert, the mum and the son mutate into, like, one... <laughs> weird creature thing that starts to like like dribble all over the sister character <laughs> it's like it's unreal like it's really yeah. unreal. that was super effective as one of the like visual moments of 2020 where i was just like you know when you like want to you're like kind of look, looking away you're a bit like oh, yeah jesus christ and it's body like horror wise freak out uh kind of stuff at the at the tail end of the film where the color's taken over it becomes like everything starts getting distorted and fizzy and kind of surreal in a way. It's I don't know, man. It's like I I'm this is the kind of film I'm going to get a Blu-ray and I want to get like a yeah. nice edition of it because I, I just kind of love it. A bit, a bit cliche to describe films as a trip, but I definitely yeah. think this is one of them. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling I know what your number one is, but yeah. I won't I won't spoil it. You go. I said, <laughs> oh right, okay, yeah. So my number one is Possessor, which we've obviously mentioned well don't think we've talked about it much already strangely we didn't do an episode on this but i guess when it was released it was a bit all over the place wasn't it It wasn't easy to get hold of um yeah. and so so um sorry going back to andy he's put possessor as number three but he did put the invisible man as his number one so he's up yeah. there with me on lee wannell we were both impressed by that but yeah possessor was like one of those films where i was like i was so worried that the hype of it was gonna outweigh my actual enjoyment of it mm-hmm. um but i think something quite felt quite special about it because i watched it on the online bfi london film festival so the screening like you had to be sat there with your headphones on ready waiting for it to start so it that felt like a bit of an, yeah. it felt like a bit of an event yeah uh, but yeah it was such a combination of it's like a uber violent science fiction 
body horror, sensory overload, mind bending, cyberpunk, techno noir. I'm just reading off some of the things I wrote about. Uh, <laughs> techno noir thriller with a concept that I feel like, I think I may have mentioned this when we were chatting about it. I can't remember if we were chatting about it on the quiz. We chatted about yeah. it at some point. But the concept initially feels so simple. It's like, again, that's a really simple concept. You can explain that in like a sentence. But the potential of that as a concept is like unlimited for like in directions you can take it and where you can take it. And in terms of like the visual style, um, it felt like and it was unlike anything I felt like I'd seen before. It kind of feels like it'd be a great double bill with upgrade because that's like obviously a more action orientated version of something similar, not the same concept obviously, but something similar. Um, yeah. And I just really loved it. I loved the performances from the main actors and you know again plenty of moments where i was like sort of half looking at the screen because it was super gruesome uh some of the gore was great but i just really liked the story as well i think it took it in a very interesting direction yeah um it's one of the most visually interesting films um like some of the um not transformation scenes but there's like the mind melding kind of bits i guess um i don't know how how did did some of the stuff it looks like they've done some 3d modeling or something and they're kind of yeah. melting it looks really good like it's there's i'd like to see how i mean i probably need to watch some behind the scenes stuff you know remember when there's like a yeah. weird bit of like floating matter just sort of yeah. like yeah. vibrating floating matter it kind of felt like i don't know when you were talking about vr earlier it kind of made me feel that was a similar sort of experience it's the first time i've watched a film yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously in 2D, where I kind of felt a little bit like I was in the head of some of the characters, and I think like sometimes that's so easy. Sorry, so easy to get wrong. Like you're right, you're in the in the head of this character, like without doing POV shots or with doing POV shots, it can be a bit like oh, I've seen it all before. But something yeah. about this just really did get under my skin, and I was so glad because, as I said, I was so hyped for it, and often. Yeah getting swept up by the hype is something that happens to me a lot and i'm quite guilty of sometimes i'm guilty of like trying to adjust my opinion on a film based on how much i anticipated it so i'm like i don't think i really enjoyed it but i was really looking forward to that so i kind of want to say yeah it was great it's weird isn't it like um i was thinking about this the other day like as you get older i think you get more adept at recognizing stuff that you actually like (laughs) Right, and like, so you're, you're able to kind of separate it a bit more from hype or or, what, or like peer pressure or, or I don't know, whatever. Like yeah. you, you, you become more accustomed to your own taste. Um, yeah. But I, I love that a film like this is getting made. Like it's one of the most in, like unique films. Like if you think about all the other movies on the list, His House, Hosts, all great, Invisible Man. But then you've got Possessor, which is completely a different thing. Mm. Like it, it's so unique so weird kind of like uh he definitely followed in his father's footsteps yeah i wonder if some bit... people see it as a negative i mean i don't think it is but it's... no i mean no not at all i think if your father's like one of the kings of like body horror movies and stuff and then suddenly you've made a film and actually it's pretty fucking awesome um and it kind of captures the vibe of those films but also stands up on its own and has its own identity that's insane like that's really impressive. Did you see his, uh, his other film, um, Antiviral, I think it was called. I've not seen it. No, so I think I, I think it was 
was it? I think maybe Zoe mentioned it when I when we did the nice Chianti stuff. She mentioned antiviral. So um, I should probably check that out because I didn't even I knew absolutely nothing about it. And it was 2012. Yeah. Um, I'll have a look. Yeah, I need to watch that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a that's a good number one. Uh, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Andy's um, one, Andy's number one was Invisible Man. He, he put Possessor's number three as well. I think we covered most of what he said. I was the only thing I was going to mention was potential anticipated stuff for 2021. So I was going to reel these off just uh, as a we can we can chat about them maybe if you want. But so obviously yeah. Candyman finally getting released. Hopefully at some point. I don't even know what the release date is at the moment. May possibly. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Uh, looking forward to that. Obviously, you get a lot of Resident Evil this year with a film, a Netflix show, a new game, and I think an animated series as well. So, if you're a Resi fan, 2021's the year for all your stuff, all your all your content. We're finally going to get uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I was looking forward to just because it felt like it was really captured the vibe. I don't know if we've just seen trailers, but um, interested to see with kids is like the lead characters in it as well. Hopefully, that's not too naff uh yeah uh the green knight so the a24 that movie cool. yeah that looks really good that was supposed to come out last year as well but but didn't that got put back uh halloween kills obviously we're gonna get um i'm assuming in october right yeah uh, i think it'll be coming in october um yeah. edgar wright's film is coming out that's in... next on my list yeah last night in, last night in soho so i'd I don't know much about this, but I know it's supposed to have some horror elements to it, right? I think so. Um, I, I don't know. Much, I, I was under the impression it was like a kind of a giallo type thing, right? Is that not, not yeah. the case? Who knows? I'm not sure. I thought I heard that as well, yeah. And apart from that, I put Army of the Dead down as well to Zack Snyder, uh, which obviously we discussed at the horror news at the top of the show. Anything else that you're thinking of? Um, I'm actually really excited about Halloween Kills. Uh, Mortal Kombat, I think they're doing it again. Oh, yeah, quite a place to see Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> but the way you said the way you said it then was like a quiet place to tagline Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I, I obviously, so I will, quiet. I will watch a quiet place too, but I feel like I've seen the trailer now because I think because I did go to the cinema a fair few times when we were allowed in 2020. And obviously, even when it got delayed, they were still showing that trailer. So I've probably seen the trailer 20 times, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I need to not see that trailer again until I see the film, because I'm going to be so over it. I'll tell you what what I'm actually excited about. Um, I don't know if these films are coming out in 2021, but um, Rob Savage has filmed his follow-up. They've shot their follow-up to host. Yeah, I think they finished filming, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So I'm very curious to see what the hell, what the hell they've been up to. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, there we go. Yeah. 2020. Right. That 2020. was the year. I haven't got my uh, notes up, so I don't know the outro off the top of my head. I think we're going to rejiggle that soon, anyway. So Good I'll tell you what, jiggling. if you. If you've been if you've listened to the show for any length of time, go to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board Advisors, and we asked people for a little bit of feedback to see 
what you want to see more of? Do you want to see some interviews with, with filmmakers? Do you not want to see interviews with filmmakers? Do you want to see more features? So, I don't know, top horror westerns, that kind of thing. <laughs> Can't wait to do that list, man. <laughs> yeah. Bone Tomahawk. That'll be right on top. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Go to the Facebook group. Let us know what you think. And then we can do more of what you want. I yeah, because I guess yeah. it's like a it's a tried and tested formula. But you know, if anybody was particularly keen on seeing more or less of certain things, then we're very interested to know about it. So, yeah, give yeah. us a shout. Sweet. All right. Um, that's it. Done. We're done for the Thank year. Thank you very much. We're done for the year. There we go. Uh, next week we are doing a ver- an anticipated and controversial choice. Um. Bongo. we're doing we're doing congo which well, let's let's not say anything else because we'll save okay. all the good stuff for the episodes yeah sweet all right i'll catch you in a bit lovely see you later dude Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.